0: From McKinsey's strategy and corporate finance practice, I'm Sean Brown, and welcome to Inside the Strategy Room. In some industries, joint ventures and partnerships can be essential to reducing risk while scaling a business. But during crises, strains can emerge, sometimes revealing underlying problems. Like any relationship, a successful business partnership requires periodic check-ins to ensure both parties continue to find value in the venture. With us today to discuss the importance and the how-to of health checks on business partnerships are two of our experts who recently wrote an article on this important topic titled Checking the Health of Your Business Partnerships. Ankur Agrawal is a partner and leader of our finance practice in the Americas with a focus on healthcare systems, pharma, and medical device companies. Eileen Kelly Renoto is a leader in our work on joint ventures and alliances. Anker, Eileen, welcome. Anker, maybe you could start us out by sharing some of the key reasons why companies pursue partnerships in the first place.
1: You know, it's all well known to you. There are several examples why you need a partnership, and and honestly, in many industries, it has become a norm. I spend a lot of my time in healthcare where, uh, you know, payers are partnering with providers, providers are partnering with health tech companies. So it's an ecosystem which is rapidly evolving, and it's quite similar across other sectors. And you need a partner either to reduce your risk, to define and expand your scale, enter new geographies, uh, get complementary skills, and, and a partnership is an exciting and interesting and probably a low-cost way to do it it's not fraught with its own sort of uh, challenges, but managed well, it could be a really happy experience. And if it's left unmanaged, then it's more likely than not going to be uh, not a successful partnership and more importantly, likely also to hurt your brand.
0: Why is it important to conduct regular check-ins on a partnership's progress?
1: You know, partnership is a market event and, uh, you know, Getting, attracting good partners depends on your success with previous partners. So it's quite important and key that partnerships are established with the right foundation. And more importantly, like like a health check is for human beings, you need to have a health check for partnership because there are signals and signs which can be detected and can be addressed and should be addressed in a partnership. It is a challenge because it is a, uh, two different companies, very different sometimes, many different cultures, sometimes more than two partners, more than two owners, uh, and that creates its own set of challenges uh, and their interdependencies, whether it is funding or talent and roles. Um, it is quite, quite a living entity in that respect, and therefore it requires constant attention, constant nurturing, and constant evaluation to really drive
0: and thrive. And so have you seen a recent increase in the number or the complexity of business partnerships, especially during the crisis? And what do you think is driving it?
1: Yeah, I think um, it's a great question. Uh, In healthcare, where I spend a lot of my time and I'll I'll invite Eileen as well, uh, I see an increase in number of partnerships, uh, primarily because the, the speed of decision-making has been rel- is, is shortened uh, because of COVID, and, uh, you know, ecosystem participants need to work together, and I expect this trend actually to continue in the next uh, couple of years. Eileen, your reflections?
2: Yeah, I, I actually completely agree, Ankur. I, I work across industries as well as, as working in healthcare, um, and we definitely are seeing more companies being quite open to alternative deal structures, including strategic alliances and joint ventures. And there are a lot of different rationales that are coming in. Part of it is the ecosystem plays that you're talking about where they're working with uh, other companies that have different skills and capabilities trying to enhance their abilities. Part of it is um, there's quite a lot of focus right now on risk reduction and cost sharing as a mechanism to do that. And JVs in particular can be quite effective as that, as well as strategic alliances to a lesser extent. And then we're also seeing a bit more of the creative financing, trying to get some alternative partners in to do partnerships with you in order to have that, uh, that kind of financial strength or to have some more capital efficient growth strategies that you pull in alternative partners to help you out with.
0: And in your experience, do most joint ventures and partnerships succeed over the longer term?
1: Uh, the track record is quite mixed. The data is quite compelling uh, that, you know, more than half of them have actually failed to meet expectations. So and many times multiple entities makes it even more complicated. On the healthcare uh, industry sector, I think not only is there an increase in partnerships, but I think the track record is still quite mixed, and partly because the traditional adversarial Uh, value chain participants, I think that mindset uh, hasn't changed, and that mindset, they are still quite protective of their individual Mm thoughts, right? So,
2: If I can actually just jump in, I I do want to highlight, while there are a lot of companies that are frustrated that their joint ventures haven't met their expectations, there's also this this underwhelming, you know, virtual majority of this 25% at the meet or exceed some expectations. But from what we've heard and the interviews we've done and the conversations that we've had, which are extensive, even more joint ventures are falling into this underwhelming uh, majority, this this middle block that is uh, so high potential, but kind of not, not, not hitting what everybody's hoping. So part of the question here is how do we enable that? How do we make sure that not only do you set the partnership up properly and you've got all those uh, components hardwired, but if you make a mistake or if things change, how do you adjust on the fly? How do you set yourself up to be able to adapt? And I did want to highlight one result that we found from our our, uh, research is that of the failed joint ventures, so the, the one, the you know, 19 or 20 percent that indicated that they thought their their partnerships were failing, 27 percent, that's more than a quarter, admitted that part of that failure is actually due to the fact that they don't have a clarity of process for how they're going to be restructuring uh, and reevaluating their partnerships over time. That ability to adapt, that ability to evolve your partnership, is quite critical, and that's how you get the long-term partnerships that end up standing the test of time, and also moving forward and having success in the short medium and long term as opposed to just flaring up and having success at one uh, at one of those phases of life so the consistent and proactive reviews that we're talking about these health checks are the most important early tool for finding a way to have those interventions and have those restructuring and evolution conversations
0: have you seen any significant differences between industries in the success of joint ventures
2: yes i do see i do see substantial differences across industries but I have not seen very many situations where um, there's any, anybody who is perfect at this. I think most companies could use some either refresh or improvement or uh, even just reevaluating how they want to prioritize. And that's, that's partially because this, has a, this, uh, this effort has a two-part piece, right? The first is how do you in- evaluate individual partnerships? And the second is how do you think about your portfolio overall as a whole? Now, some companies, like pharmaceutical companies, have lots of different partnerships, and they are very used to that portfolio approach. They are more likely, as an industry, to have some sort of stable setup uh, or approach for how they're doing that portfolio and, therefore, individual partnership management. It's not necessarily true that they cover all the topics that will help um, them evaluate potential interventions for all of their partnerships, but it is likely that they'll have a relatively consistent approach. On the opposite side, you've got oil and gas. They usually have a smaller portfolio in terms of number, but very, very large partnerships. They tend to be rather thorough on how they do their individual partnership health checks and evaluations, but not necessarily always boiling it up and comparing across partnerships. But in general, we see relative consistency, for example, in those two uh, industries. A lot of the other industries are much more hit or miss, and it depends on the level of sophistication of their partnership, Uh, program, whether or not they have this large portfolio of small partnerships, or if they have a smaller portfolio of larger partnerships, how their strategy works, and whether or not they've got some uh, internal processes already developed.
0: Are there any differences between how you approach alliances and JVs of equals versus, say, an incumbent partnering with a startup or a much smaller entity? Does the combination of a David and a Goliath make the regular health checks even more critical?
2: I'm going to be a little provocative and say no, and that's with a caveat, actually. So the reason I say no is uh, a consistent, thoughtful, and proactive health check covering all the different components is critical for any partnership. doesn't matter who your partner is. I will say, though, what you actually measure and the specific metrics underneath and how they influence the success or failure of that individual partnership, those vary, Depending on the type of partnership, the strategy that you're going after or the strategic rationale behind the deal, are you in a uh, partnership that relies on cost reduction or um, or some sort of, uh, you know, a capability or IP sharing? Those are all very different. And so the metrics you'd use will be different. But the process, the thoughtfulness involved, and the consistency of doing that that review are not altogether different.
1: And I would, I would add, Eileen, sometimes the time spent is actually quite quite similar too, right? The partnership may be small, but you may need to nurture it a lot more uh, given yeah. uh, this, the potential that has. So um, I would not just index on the size of it. I think that it, how, how strategic it is to your overall growth and, and strategy is quite key as well.
0: Thank you. Uh, and in performing a health check, it seems that it could be easier to focus exclusively On quantitative or measurable metrics, um, what about taking qualitative assessments of things that are maybe harder to measure? How does that fit in to um, to the uh, to the health checks?
2: So, in terms of the qualitative questions, it is more time consuming. It takes more effort to go through and gather that information, whether it's through a survey that you do with the team members who are in the management team as well as the uh, the leadership of your parent organizations, or if you do interviews. Those are often very important and insightful comments that help you uncover other problems or other issues or other strengths that you want to make sure you keep that you weren't necessarily aware of how impactful they were. In terms of converting um, a qualitative measure into a quantitative measure, it depends a little bit, right? You can do it as um, kind of a performance assessment, you know, rate on a scale of one to five, or um, you can try to find a way to convert the concept into more of a mathematical formula uh, based on how many responses you get in a certain category. But I will say that those qualitative things still important to keep in mind.
0: Thank you. And is it important to create a regular cadence to these partnership check-ins? And how do you set the frequency? Does it change over time?
2: It's whether or not you've got a very systematic process or if you just do it um, as needed throughout the, the life of the partnership. Um, I, do, I am a strong believer that the planned reviews are quite important uh, and that that helps not only uh, set you up for getting more information and for understanding the potential for interventions, but also sets you up for a smoother and more consistent relationship with the management of the JV when that's applicable and certainly your partner all the time. Uh, part of the game here is making sure that everybody is on the same page, has a similar understanding, has strong communication, and has similar expectations. Because there's nothing worse than feeling like things are okay and then finding out your partner is perceiving the performance as a dismal situation. So, so that's part of why the planned reviews are actually quite helpful because potentially you involve your partner, potentially you don't, but usually they're at least aware. Um, and, and being able to share some of those insights is important.
0: Do you recommend establishing the health check criteria before you start the partnership or once the venture is underway and you have maybe a better sense of how things are going and what you want to track or set another way? Should one expect the criteria to evolve over time?
2: It is easier if you do it at the beginning and you set the structure. It is not reasonable to expect that you will never evolve that structure. Um, It is, I, I have, I can't think of any partnership health check or evaluation process I've seen where there wasn't something that shifted or or evolved or was added on at a later date um, because that's part of what you want. You want this ability to adjust over time. Uh, if you have a partnership that did not have a health check created at inception, that is fine. You can actually still add one. <laughs> uh, it might take a little bit longer to get agreement and alignment on what you're trying to measure and how you're approaching that health check and that's okay Um, but getting that first one drafted and together and and, uh, set up, sometimes it's okay that it's going to take a little bit longer, but it it can sometimes be a way for you to work with your partner and understand a bit more of where they're coming from and what their perspective is. Uh, And that's part of how you work through things like cultural differences or communication differences as well, is having those conversations and really investing the relationship and figuring out how you're going to uh, come together and then therefore evolve the partnership over time.
1: The other thing I would add, Eileen, here is, that said, I think investing the time up front, really hammering out the key elements of the partnership is quite key. And sometimes for timing reasons, uh, the, the relevance of the partnership for both entities, there is a tendency to not, not hammer down the, the key details and leave them for a subsequent dialogue and discussion. I think usually that is a recipe for disaster. So uh, we shouldn't be focused on each and every detail, but having the right right, um, criteria in place, the right framework in place is quite important. And if it is taking longer and harder, it's usually a symptom of how hard the partnership is and how it will be to manage. So uh, we, we always encourage our clients to have that framework in place. And as Eileen, you said, I think evolving it along the way is is probably the right option and and the right way to go about it.
0: So clearly it's important to establish some criteria up front and one can see them reasonably evolve over time. And so when done well, what are the main benefits that partnership health checks bring or produce for a partnership?
2: Uh, So there are three major components that we end up going through. One is that the regular formal health check and, and it's really important on those pre-existing partnerships, and it's helpful to check on what's going well and what's going poorly and to course correct. The second piece is understanding your portfolio performance and the capabilities that your internal team and your management team for the partnerships themselves have can help you understand where your weaknesses are or your blind spots internally. And that can help you when you do your next partnerships. It can, as Anker mentioned before, set you up as a preferred partner or partner of choice so that you have better relationships and better ability to set up new partnerships in the future. And that can be a a really important, uh, not just reputational aspect, but really important business component to make sure that you're uh, able to participate the way you want to uh, in the market in the future. And then finally, the last piece is when you've done these partnership reviews and these portfolio evaluations, you are able to have a clearer sense of what's going well and what you need, to, what you need to remedy. That allows faster and more decisive uh, movements on your business areas, and that allows you to have either uh, additional growth opportunities, maybe into adjacencies. Maybe you want to have more interesting or complicated partnerships, like the cross-industry partnerships Ankur mentioned at the very beginning of our discussion, or maybe you just want to be able to have bigger and more strategic, uh, more strategically important plays that you're ending, you're going after in your partnerships as well.
0: Okay, so what does a typical partnership health check cover? And of those areas, is there one that you typically tackle first with your clients?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So look, there are six components which. You know, you need to systematically test uh, periodically on, on the partnership. The first and foremost is strategy. Uh, how is the strategy aligned? Are we, are we still strategically in sync with the goals and objective of setting up the partnership? Uh, and honestly, in some cases, the answer may be not. And, and uh, it may be time to sort of terminate the partnership. It's quite, quite the core of establishing a partnership in the first place whether it is pharmaceuticals uh, where you're sort of partnering on commercial and access or uh, partnering with a technology vendor to get you access to IP um, or uh, with, with another company where you're sort of approaching different geographies in a collaborative way. I think strategy is the heart of it. But I think often we find in, in, in partnerships the strategy is either not well-articulated or even when the partnerships, you, even amongst partners, it's not clear what the strategy is for each of the partners. Uh, and uh, having a very clear link, uh, a win-win link, hopefully, uh, across both partners is quite important. Obviously, when it is an equal size partnership, it is quite important to establish. We would argue it is also equally important to establish for startup and early stage partnerships where uh, both partners should clearly understand what the scope is, uh, what each partner is trying to understand, and 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 quote unquote not hide, you know what what each one of them is trying to do. So that's the strategic evaluation. The strategy evaluation or strategy has to be part of the overall life cycle of the partnership, and and not only in the design phase but also in the launch phase, and uh, it. You, you almost need to co-design and co-create the strategy in the design phase, which then manifests in, in the launch planning as well as the launch phase. The strategy of the partnership has to be linked with the resource allocation processes of both the partners, whether it's budgeting or planning. Uh, if you're not linking it with the overall strategic planning processes of the entities, then the strategy of this partnership, whatever it may be, it sort of remains siloed from both both respective partners and the, the the there is a missed opportunity of, of further thinking and evolving this strategy. I think that's quite key and is not often done uh, as systematically as as uh, we expect and and lastly, I think there is notion of monthly uh, reviews monthly updates many of them are quite sort of wrote in you know there is a twenty page slide or indicators KPIs which are sort of shared across, but very often a good dialogue uh, happens on how the partnership is, is performing on the strategic uh, dimensions. And that that healthy dialogue, whether you do it once a month or once a quarter, is quite key uh, to make sure, you know, the, the the reason of being for the partnership still exists. The cornerstone of a health check is making sure the strategic elements are quite well-defined and, and measured along the way.
0: So after you've got the strategy set and reviewed, what's the next element that you would review?
1: Culture and communication. And there's a systematic way to not only evaluating the differences in culture, but understanding how uh, the partnership is doing and mitigating the impact. Um, sometimes one dominant culture takes over, and, and it leads to, despite good strategy, it leads to poor outcomes. So how do you really measure uh, culture and, and communicate? Um, culture starts with... Understanding and making sure you each partners understand what the the, you know respective partners' culture are, and there are no blind spots. Um, And 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 honestly, uh, good partnerships can work very well with with uh, partners with very different culture, as long as there is an understanding of the respective cultures of those organizations, and um, and and therefore that this the partnership. Uh, has to have its own set of business practices that that can mitigate the effect, right? I'm I'm working with a partnership across two institutions. One is a not-for-profit and one is a for-profit institution. So you can imagine the cultural um, challenge these two entities face where uh, the mission orientation and the way that organization work is very different than understanding what behaviors, what what practices each one has uh, is quite key. And the way they have made, they have tried to address it is by um, by by making sure that uh, they understand each or, each one's strategy, but more importantly, uh, have common set of guardrails to to make sure this partnership over communicate across both these entities, uh, so that there is no misconceived notions. And the health check should really make sure that we are addressing and and continue to address the the differences in culture along the way
0: and so are there specific elements of culture that are most important to ensuring a partnership success and that you really focus on in a health check
1: the elements of the culture is a strong working relationship making sure you have a top team which is uh, which has transparent trust-based dialogue uh, across both partners uh, have key processes right from the get-go whether it is planning or reporting or um uh, you know the decision-making roles and responsibilities quite clear and you are not running to each and every for each and every decision to get approval from your respective parent or partner and it's quite clear what decisions reside with the partner leadership team and then lastly this understanding of each other's customs and and capabilities in cross-border Partnerships. That's also quite important because you know there are uh, geographical and cultural challenges and, and differences uh, across across partners. So I think the whole point here is culture can also be measured uh, and and can be addressed and should be addressed as part of the health check.
2: And actually, to to add right here for one one additional comment, there are some of these that are you know quite qualitative and need to be evaluated on that uh, on that more qualitative basis. There are others that are much more logistical logistical in nature. For example, how do you want to come to meetings? Are you coming having done a pre-read? Are you coming on time? Or is everybody a few minutes late and that scene is okay? Those are things that uh, in normal course of business within our own companies where it's kind of bred into us as we breathe the air, uh, that's that's not – those aren't really big tension points most of the time. But when you start working with another company and you start having team members from another culture and another organization where pre-reads maybe aren't normally done and you spend the first half hour of a meeting reading the document together, it, that type of difference uh, with the expectation of coming prepared versus preparing in the meeting, coming on time versus it being okay to be five or 10 minutes late, that can cause a lot of tension. So some of these very very clear, very easy, very specific logistical questions are also part of this discussion and those are easier to measure and do make a material difference to the management team as well. So understanding that this is not just fluffy, how do you feel about everybody, but it's also how do you want things to be moving forward and how do we ensure we have great communication as a team and we're all set up for success and and clear understanding about what's going to happen. That matters here as well.
0: Very clear. Thank you. And so what's the next component in the health check?
1: The third one is sort of operations and real gut of how things work in a partnership, whether it's a commercial partnership or a complete end-to-end integrated partnership to get, get access to a market or a technology partnership. Uh, this is all about what are the performance goals and targets. And this tends to be quite um, you know quantitative to measure. There are performance measures. Uh, Their milestones, how you are progressing from, from um, your funding to sort of the next stage of the business plan, uh, what are the mechanisms to sort of really get more resources, the business cases behind it. Although it is quantitative, hard to measure, there are definitional issues. You know, what, what gets in the way is, you know, uh, alignment on common sources of data, uh, what gets measured when, uh, what is proprietary information versus not, so, um, you know, making sure that, you know, mechanisms are set in place right from the get-go on how frequently you'll meet and what, right? Simple three, four metrics probably is the way to go, but, you know, periodicity and, and transparency and underlying data is quite important as well. Um, and even if there is no data, I think that having a dialogue on how we are progressing in the early phases of the, of the uh, partnership uh, is, is, is equally important um, to to really have a full picture on you know missed signals, there are sort of certain fundamental reasons where we really need to restructure, maybe invest more money into the into the partnership, uh, that 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 those kinds of decisions become quite apparent uh, as you do this health check. When we ran this this survey in 2014, which Eileen mentioned, um, many joint, many partnerships didn't have performance measurements in place. Uh, or were inefficient, insufficient. So, um, it's quite important to have metrics, KPIs, which are not only financial but operational, having a way to measure them frequently because things change, things evolve, and uh, it's, adapting your measurement of op- operational metrics is quite key. And again, though it is easy to measure hard metrics, I think the qualitative part remains quite important here, uh, especially as the partnership evolve and some of the older metrics may not be relevant uh, for example you've entered a new market which is very different uh, and, the, and, and, and the design of the of the metrics also needs to change so but select metrics which uh, gives the confidence and transparency about the direction of the partnership um, and, and uh, that's what we, we advocate and what we see at our clients who have good partnerships thrive
0: so I understand our next component is governance um, as part of the health check. What should such a governance check involve and, and how does the health check actually evaluate it since isn't governance usually something that's static? Is it that, um, is the governance matching what we said it would? How, do, how does that work?
2: Uh, governance incorporates things like uh, your structure, people, roles and responsibility and processes. Thinking about the governance style and how you want that to be tailored to the culture uh, of the partnership itself, not just the parents, and how you want that to evolve over time is quite important. The most important one, and often uh, often undersung at the beginning of the, uh, the design of the partnership, is the decision rights and processes that you're defining, and then the alignment of incentives. So, for example, with the structure, you want to make sure that you have an understanding of do you have a central point of accountability, like a JV CEO. Do you have more of a committee approach? Do you have an active board structure or a decision committee structure? Uh, And how will those be interacting? And then over time, you have a health check that helps you evaluate whether the performance of those those entities or those groups are working well or if they need to be reevaluated. Similarly, from a people standpoint, in general, we recommend having senior executives from the partners on the board for the continued engagement, um, maybe a deal sponsor. But in terms of the management you want to make sure you've got an empowered team that is able to make decisions and move things forward and not just pop every decision up to the board or the the management committee so the questions here would be more around are the people able to achieve their goals are they working effectively and finally the processes are probably the most important thing to understand in any given specific time block Are the processes that have been established, like the regular cadences for tracking, the regular meetings to understand the decisions, uh, the process, and I mentioned these before, processes behind the meetings of sending out a pre-read, having a clear agenda, are all those things working well at this point in time, or do they need to have adjustments? A quick case example of a situation where um, an energy joint venture actually came together to assess Uh, to do a health check, and they actually realized that part of their problems they thought were operational actually stemmed back to the governance. They had too large of a board. Uh, The board was controlling too many of the decisions, which led to management feeling unempowered and also led to a very slow processes. Um, The lack of efficiency actually created um, some slowdowns and some deep frustrations, and then the meetings weren't actually very uh, effective or efficient. So they made a series of changes to clarify the roles and responsibilities, to empower the management team better, and to increase efficiency of meetings as well as decision processes. And that helped them not only conquer some of the problems underlying uh, in the governance issues, but also help them move forward and have more uh, rapid um, processes and uh, rapid decisions that help their, their management team with the ongoing operations as well.
0: So we haven't talked about economic performance yet. I assume that assessing the financial returns the partnership is delivering is also an important criteria and should be reasonably straightforward in terms of measurement. How does the health check approach that?
2: Um, There are actually a lot of different components to to the economics that need to be considered. It's not just the valuation of the contributions at the beginning, but it's also the full future financial flows and expectations for those. Um, So that includes things like service level agreements, any sort of cost sharing that you're doing over time, uh, any sort of capital calls or capital expenditures that you expect, and other types of financial transfers between the parent organizations. And then finally, we get to the overall financial uh, performance any sort of equity sharing that you might have in a joint venture or a large-scale strategic alliance. One thing that I find uh, quite interesting is in spite of the importance of the economics and the frequent complexity of these financial flows that we just described, companies are often missing this critical component (laughs) of of tools to help them uh, evaluate and consistently Um, assess their their long-term financial metrics. When we polled a series of of our uh, clients about whether or not they had financial models and guidelines for um, ongoing financial evaluations, less than half, only 44% said that they currently have those tools in place. So it's much more common to have very simple financial tracking for for each partnership, um, and it's less common to have the full perspective of what all the different financial components are doing and how that's impacting all those financial flow that each partner is getting. Uh, that can lead to discontent and frustration over time.
0: And so you and Anker have also both mentioned the importance of building in a way of adapting part the partnership or partnerships over time. And that's the final component. Um, how do health checks address adaptability?
2: Um, it, it's quite important uh, to be working to build a dynamic partnership. Uh, and when we look at the characteristics over time that have shifted uh, for partnerships, we found that 60% of our respondents said that the scope or the resources being needed uh, were sh- had a shift over time, a material shift. 38, almost 40%, said governance. 29 said structure or deal terms changed. And then a little bit more than a quarter said that it was the financial flows that ended up changing. So obviously, there are some partnerships where multiple, multiple components change. So it's quite important that we acknowledge that the partnership will likely evolve and to make sure that we have those contingency plans set up, that we have a health check in place or a portfolio review in place to be able to take that information and make some good judgments and to have good judgment and make some uh, clear changes and to make sure that we maintain that flexible approach internally. Now, often we end up finding that some of these changes are big and scary and important. So, for example, in the strategic column talking about co-investing in a new product or entering into a new market or allowing a new partner to come in, those can be very big, very deep conversations that that question the strategy behind the deal and where you want things to go in the future. Those can be quite difficult. Um, Similarly, changing your organization structure, sometimes that's very difficult, but sometimes it's actually quite refreshing and easier. But things like some of your governance processes Changing your operating authority or shifting an operating partner, that can be big, but also some of these process updates or check-ins or changing how you run your meetings, they can actually have material impact, even though they're not the big, scary transitions or changes that we all think of when we talk about restructuring. So I want to encourage an open mind about how certain adaptations might be more impactful, even though they seem like smaller ones as well.
0: So uh, to to briefly switch tracks, we've talked about some of the good things, but there's also the possibility of exit. And do you ever see exit provisions discussed up front as part of the mechanism for managing the partnership's evolution? And what role does a sort of exit evaluation, if you will, play in a partnership health check?
2: Yes, exit provisions should be always discussed during negotiations. Um, it, nobody likes talking about the exit at the beginning, but it, it's actually critically important so that people understand what are the potential triggers. How can we exit? How can we exit smoothly so that the exit doesn't uh, take away from the success or the benefits that were received over time uh, earlier in the partnership's life cycle? So absolutely, exit should be discussed. If it has not been discussed already, it should be calmly brought up in a discussion with the partners so that everybody can understand and feel on the same page. It's that expectation setting, again, that's so critical.
1: I would underscore the exit point you made, Eileen. Exit, exit doesn't mean that, you know, you need to sort of quote-unquote exit, but if, in many recent partnerships, I've seen a, a positive reaffirmation every certain number of years, every three to five years that we want to continue the partnership as a way to uh, reaffirm the need for a partnership, which, which is quite important and healthy as well. Um, and it, it sort of sets the right tone and expectations.
0: Thank you. And of the six elements of the health check that we've discussed today, what would you say are the most important ones or the biggest takeaways for business leaders?
2: Uh, it's critical to develop that proactive process we've been discussing, uh, making sure that there's agreed upon timing and clarity about what to expect. The second major takeaway is that uh, the communication and approach um, is, is important and those expectations amongst everybody the management team your your team within the partner organization and then your team with your um within your own team uh, your own colleagues making sure that everybody has a clarity uh, about what's being achieved and how to uh, how to communicate and talk about it Having predetermined metrics against all of those areas is very important to ensure both accountability, visibility, and also consistency with your partnerships and uh, with your portfolio overall. And then finally, this concept of the dynamic partnership that can adapt and shift and change, that can use some of the feedback from the health check and have these interventions that can improve the performance, uh, that's part of what we're all working towards. So making sure that you bake in that, um, that ability to evolve Uh, when you're designing your partnerships. And if it's not there, to work with your partner right away uh, to try to um, pull those in so that you can have that more long-term success.
0: Thanks. Oftentimes, partnerships are initially championed and subsequently led by a few key individuals at each of the um, partnering organizations. How do you maintain continuity of the partnership if those key individuals leave? And what are some of the steps that you recommend to clients as a joint venture or an alliance evolves and the individuals who drove it in the first place may no longer have a role? And and, and how does that play into this notion of a partnership health check?
2: It's a common issue that we see. And one of the most important pieces is in the design phase of that partnership, you need to make sure that you're setting up that executive team or that executive governance committee to include Uh, a a group of people. You don't want a a governance board that's huge. You don't want the 28 people. (laughs) That was too big. Uh, But having, you know, five, seven, nine people involved that are all committed to and invested in the success of that partnership can make sure that you have continuity. You also want to make sure that you've got seated in uh, the different group, the different levels of the partnership, the governance team, the management team, and the operating, uh, the operational teams as well underneath the senior managers in the partnership. You wanna make sure that you've got um, a strong investment and clarity for them about what the goal is, what you're trying to achieve and what you expect the process to be over time. And I mean, strategic process, not literal processes because that helps them feel like they're committed to and invested in uh, understanding what, what's going to happen over time as well and it gives a longer potential for, uh, uh, more potential for longevity for the partnership.
1: Yeah, I think uh, but the other thing I would quickly add is I think this notion of health check and potentially an independent health check mitigates against that possibility also. So I would argue that doing health checks periodically takes the partnership away from personalities and people and, and their respective mm-hmm. trust mm-hmm. and chemistry to something which is methodical or periodic and hopefully, you know, involves other, or other parts of the organization as well.
0: Thank you. And, and so this is our last question. Your, your final component of the health check was this notion of, uh, and the importance of adaptability. What are some of the most common changes you see made when the partners do decide to evolve or adapt?
2: In terms of the most common, uh, common changes and shifts we see, um, I see governance being a hugely common change. Um, and I also see economic flows being a very common one that shifts. And these are with changes for partnerships that that are then successful and help solve the problems and lead to additional longevity for the partner. Uh,
1: you know, changing and adapting is part of part of partnership structure. I think it's actually more important for uh, the early stage partnership and the uh, uh, technology-enabled partnership, which which some of the participants mentioned, because they have evolve quite rapidly as the as technology evolves and the strategies of respective entities evolve as well. So I think that is something which needs to be built in right from the get go for many of these smaller early stage partnerships.
0: Anker Eileen, thank you so much for taking the time with us today. A transcript of this conversation will also be made available on the inside the strategy room podcast collection page on McKinsey.com, where you may also easily explore, filter, and search our library of previous episodes. If you'd like to share feedback or an idea for a future podcast, we encourage you to email us at inside the strategy room at McKinsey.com. And if you'd like to receive alerts on our latest insights, you can sign up on the bottom of our podcast collection page on McKinsey.com, or you can follow us on Twitter at MCK strategy, or connect with us on LinkedIn on the McKinsey strategy and corporate finance practice page. Thanks again for listening. We look forward to having you join us again soon inside the strategy room.